Many people believe population growth is inevitable, that we cannot ethically alter the rate our population grows or contracts. They believe if it is going to stop, it won't be today. We'll explore that next. The presidential election in 2024 is probably the most important election in our country's history. When you're looking at a Biden-Trump rematch that two-thirds of the country doesn't want. The billionaire class keeps taking more and more, and the working class keeps getting left behind. Bidenomics, Bidenomics, Bidenomics. Toxic regulations acting like a wet blanket on the economy. Gross domestic product has now become a fetish. Fairy tales of eternal economic growth. Is growth really making us richer, or is it making us poorer? Well, didn't Elon Musk actually say one of the biggest issues that we're facing is underpopulation? Don't be a twit about overpopulation. This election truly comes down to what kind of America we want to live in. We now know that there is no pot of gold at the end of the growth rainbow. We need people to reimagine a lifestyle which requires much less energy and material. So young people, they don't really care as much about Republican or Democrat. They want to vote for someone who's a transformational leader. I'm Dave Gardner, independent candidate for U.S. president, and this is the podcast chronicling my campaign. Welcome to Dave the Planet. Learn more and follow my campaign at DaveThePlanet2024.com. Today's topic... Population growth can end today, or soon, is inspired by a column that appeared in the local daily newspaper in my city just this past weekend in Colorado Springs, the Gazette. I'll put a link in the show notes. The title of the column was, Curbing Population Growth is Hard to Do. It was by Tom Cronin and Bob Levy. They are two irregular columnists in the local daily paper. They are both professors emeritus of political science both in their 80s. Now, I don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty sure this column appeared in the newspaper this weekend, probably in reaction to two things. One is just a month ago, there was a a lengthy story in the same paper examining the growth issue in our community. I was interviewed for that and quoted it somewhat extensively in a sidebar piece. Then, of course, the second thing is the news comes out that native son Dave Gardner is running for U.S. president on a no-growth platform. My guess is that the growth industry got together over cocktails one night and decided we've really got to get ahead of this silly people thinking that population growth isn't inevitable and profitable. So I've just got to set the record straight here and go through this column, basically take it apart piece by piece. So let's go. Let's unpack this. They write, Concerns over population growth in Colorado have existed for decades. The overall picture is that rapid population growth is a permanent part of life in Colorado. Well, that alone requires me to bring this to your attention and comment on it. A permanent part of life in Colorado? Well, population growth can't be permanent. That's physically impossible. (laughs) They're just wrong. Sorry, fellas. Uh, They continued, In the early 1970s, for a short period of time, one study found Colorado Springs to be the fastest-growing city in the United States. 
Jarred by that news, the Colorado Springs Planning Department decided to do a study of whether Colorado Springs and Colorado were good places for population growth to occur in the United States. The study result was yes. I'm still quoting here. The lands east of Colorado Springs that were being turned into housing developments and shopping centers were mainly low-grade agricultural lands, they put that in quotes, used for grazing cattle on large acreages. These lands were an understandable place to put some of America's growing population, end quote. I have a few comments about that. Well, that is a common attitude among city officials, real estate developers, and many economists, that undeveloped land, nature, (laughs) is low-grade and should be put to a higher use. Well, we should all question that attitude. Humans are not entitled to pave over all of nature. Other life on Earth has a right to life, and eliminating natural habitat is pushing more and more species into extinction. Forests, grasslands, wetlands, rivers, lakes, and streams all provide a valuable service to the web of life, including us. They go on. In the early 1970s, a political action group formed in Colorado Springs called Citizens Lobby for Sensible Growth. It pledged to slow down the population growth process, or at least make the growth more palatable. In the city elections in April 1973, the Sensible Growth Forces elected a majority on the Colorado Springs City Council. The Sensible Growth Forces lost their majority on City Council in April of 1975. That was the end of organized resistance to population growth in Colorado Springs. The Citizens' Lobby for Sensible Growth slowly disbanded. So the Sensible Growth Forces stayed in power only until the next election. That's a typical pattern in city after city. If the growth industry loses control of a city or county government in an election, they pull out all the stops and do whatever's necessary to regain control in the next election. From 1979 forward, and now I'll quote from the columnists, city government acted favorably toward building more homes and shopping centers. Developers flourished. And in recent city elections in Colorado Springs, campaign donations from developers and real estate agents have played a big role in who was elected. It is probably not population growth per se that people dislike. What they dislike is the increased crime, noise, and traffic congestion that comes with rapid population growth. But how do you keep people from wanting to live in this prize-winning city? You can't ban developers. You can't have a border patrol stopping people at Monument Hill and similar entry ports. You can't stop the military from expanding their operations. No one wants to discourage tourists eager to visit Pikes Peak, Garden of the Gods, the Broadmoor, and local museums. End of quote. Well, the deal is, we can't have a sustainable world if it's full of nations, states, and cities that have the unsustainable goal of growing their population and economy. We absolutely must get growthism out of their DNA. Yes, it's true, as long as population is growing, we'll have to find places for additional people. But governments don't have to pursue and subsidize growth. And that's exactly what my hometown and many other communities and states across America have been doing. It sends all the wrong signals, and it just makes it that much harder for us to turn the tide. 
In a recent episode of my Growth Busters podcast, the title of that episode was Governor Whitmer Unveils Ponzi Population Policy. I'll put a link in the show notes. I roasted Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer for appointing a growth officer and establishing the Growing Michigan Together Council to focus on increasing the rate of Michigan's population growth. Colorado Springs, the city Levy and Cronin are writing about, has been pursuing and subsidizing growth since 1979, clearly. The city is addicted to growth. Development fees don't cover the full cost of processing land use applications. The city discounts utility connection fees. They don't cover the full cost of capacity additions and service infrastructure. They have woefully inadequate impact fees for transportation infrastructure. The city doesn't require new development to fully cover the needs for parkland and construction, land and construction of police and fire stations, and equipping those new stations. Why? Because they're afraid the growth would stop if they actually made growth pay its own way. And on top of all that, the city pays economic development incentives to companies that agree to move to town or expand in town. Now, the city does this because it's running a Ponzi scheme. It depends on tax revenue from the next construction project to pay for services it's providing to the residents of the last development project. This is particularly foolhardy in the arid west, where we already see more demand for water than there is sustainable supply. Major reservoirs on the Colorado River are drying up. You can't miss those headlines. Aquifer levels are dropping. Colorado Springs pumps most of its water supply over the Continental Divide from watershed 200 miles away. It's also foolhardy to keep banking on future population growth to keep your Ponzi scheme alive because all analyses tell us that population growth is going to come to an end sometime in the next 60 years. And then population will contract. And cities that stayed hooked on growth until the bitter end are going to be sitting on stranded assets, freeways they don't need, housing they don't need, unneeded utilities capacity, and on and on. Now, these columnists write, The big challenge is seeing that city, county, and state governments in Colorado keep up with population growth by providing adequate water supply, roads, highways, public school sites, parklands, and other desirable public facilities. When that is taken care of by government, we find that opposition to rapid population growth generally diminishes. Okay, end of quote. Population growth doesn't have to be rapid to stress water supply, transportation networks, etc. It's not that we can't expand that infrastructure fast enough. It's that we can't afford to expand it because we long ago passed the point where growth might have been profitable. Today, in a full world, growth costs us more than it benefits us. The columnists go on. Water is a particular problem. Shortages of municipal water supply could hamper population growth in Colorado at some point in the future. End of quote. I already mentioned water supply as being particularly problematic, really across the entire western United States. But I want to underscore that second sentence. Shortages of municipal water supply could hamper population growth in Colorado at some point in the future. Some point in the future, but not today. Well, good for them, imagining maybe growth must someday come to an end. 
That's progress, I think. But they simply cannot imagine growth ending today, or even that growth should end today. Now, that is a ubiquitous problem that I really want to tackle. The journalists covering our news, elected officials, and other public servants and faculty at most of our schools assume population growth is inevitable. They assume there is nothing we can do about it, and they assume if it does stop, it won't be today. I take exception to that. We can stop subsidizing growth. We can make growth pay its way. We can stop providing new utility connections and approving new developments. We can make sure all the signals that might impact our procreational behavior are rational signals, that society no longer needs and values large families and growing populations. We can encourage and empower young couples to make fully informed, well-considered, responsible family-sized decisions. We can end economic migration, which exploits immigrants and poaches ambitious citizens from other nations. We can redirect our attention, energy, and financial resources to building a healthy 21st century economy, an economy that isn't a suicidal Ponzi scheme. We can do something about it. We can end population growth today or very soon. We just have to get over some of the myths and misassumptions. Well, thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And please share this episode or the entire podcast series with friends, family, colleagues, your elected representatives, journalists, students. And don't forget to check out my campaign at DaveThePlanet2024.com. Read about my national project to get out of overshoot. You'll want to click on Donate volunteer and subscribe i'm sure (laughs) it's the only way we can create a bright future for our kids see you next time